Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up on today's show, GTA 6 has been leaked. Diablo 4 has been leaked again. And NVIDIA dropped some new hardware. Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by one Rihanna Manuel Pena. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. Looking frolicious today. I love it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Brittany, once again, took a sip of whiskey during the intro and made a wonderful face. Brittany Brombacher, everybody. Hey, what's up? Hey. Back up in the Pacific Northwest. And we are joined by a fantastic special guest, the one and only Steve Spawn is here. I don't have a drink, darn it. (laughs) I also don't have a drink, so. But cheers to you, Brittany, and cheers to you. So Steven Spawn, for those who aren't familiar, is the face of Able Gamers, a fantastic group that is making video games more accessible for people who have disabilities, but also making game developers more aware of all the tools that they could be using to make their games more accessible. So kind of a two-pronged approach. But Steve, we are excited that you are here today. I was just streaming with you a couple of days ago on your channel for your big 42nd birthday. That's me. Old, yay. Happy birthday. You don't sound so excited about being old. I, you know, <laughs> it depends what time of the day it is. If I'm trying, you know, like I missed the days of getting carded. That was great. So, oh you know. man, those days are over for me yeah. too, man. I don't believe that. That's too bad. I just got carded the other day. Oh, that must have felt good. Wow. wow. <laughs> Every time somebody asks for my ID when I buy a restricted product, I say thank you. God bless you, you my for asking for my identification. <laughs> But we are glad that you're here. You had kind of a big month, Steve. You were on a roll doing all kinds of streams and all kinds of public appearances because you were on a mission to raise a crazy amount of money. Yep, every September since the 2020 years, I've been doing an event called Spawn Together, where I basically rally the internet to try to raise a million dollars for able gamers to be able to keep doing the mission of helping people game. And you know, it's it's a hard year. There's a lot of people who are in tough financial straits, but so far we're up to a little over $400,000. Wow! So. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Indeed. That is phenomenal. I don't know how you do it. I get tired (laughs) just watching you tweet as much as you do, if I'm being honest. (laughs) I I mean, there was a a guy on uh, one of the streams I visited the other day, and he did the normal thing every streamer does of, yo, I'm so glad to see you here. Nice to, you know, Steve, the guy who started this, yada, yada. And then said all the nice things everybody does. And then he goes into, man, I just want to say thank you because, like, I know it's really hard to do all this, and I can't believe you have the strength to keep sending out those messages i swear to god i almost cried i was like somebody recognizes this isn't easy yeah we were just talking about that before we started recording 
and how just being a content creator by itself, which you are, is exhausting physically and mentally. And then on top of that, you're running this amazing charity, you're doing all these developer initiatives, and you somehow find time to play games with friends, and then you sleep maybe an hour or two a night? Well, I don't don't have a baby, so that helps. Um, (laughs) But uh, when I get one of those, it's all over. But uh, that's the same as y'all do. It's just a matter of prioritizing your time and trying to keep the burnout away. And, you know, before all the, you know, whatever Twitch realm is happening lately, the other thing before that was people going through burnout. And it's Mm -hmm. not something we talk a lot about in the industry, but, you know, it's something that every content creator fights. I think it's just important that we always remind people that it's pretty normal to feel in this industry. Thank you. Absolutely. I needed to hear that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things I think we as content creators don't stop to acknowledge and don't give ourselves enough breaks because the demand for performing is ever present. And it feels like the next thing is always right around the corner if you're not constantly pushing the envelope that you're going to miss it, you know, and none of us want to miss anything. But at the same time, you know, got to take care of you as well. So hopefully you're finding some time to do that, you know, this month, even though you're obviously taking time to hang out with us to do our show, which we're going to get into. And we're going to chat more with Steve about what he's been up to a little bit later on in the show. I want to say thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewy's Gutson, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, and Punctified. And Punctified, a really funny thing happened as I hovered over your name in our show notes. Google Docs wanted to autocorrect it to Funkdified. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, if you're ever looking for an alternate moniker, apparently Google After thinks a few Funkdified drinks, is the way to go. Become Funkdified or something. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I like it. It's the next evolution. Yeah. And welcome to our Patreon community, MJ3. If you guys want to support our voices in video games, patreon.com slash what's good games is the place to do it. And Brittany, we got some really lovely new reviews as well. Shout out to Ed Garza, 88, Backlook Cinema, and Gideo Says. Again, it really means a lot to us when we see these reviews. We talked about it last week. We got a really, really kind review from someone where our podcast helped introduce her to the world of video games. And she was able then to kind of chat about them with her husband and be a part of, you know, like that hobby of his. And now they share it together. And it's really these kind messages. You know, we were just talking about burnout. You know, sometimes it just gives you that little extra push you need. It gives you that little motivation. You know, it brings me to my desk every week so I can give Andrea friendly shit about stuff because I love her so much. You know, it's my love language. (laughs) What would I do without all of the ribbing from Brit? Probably be sad. Yeah. Sad, sad. <laughs> You'd be so sad. It's- Definitely wouldn't laugh as much, that's for sure. Speaking of laughing, I posted a clip on my Twitter feed this week, if y'all missed it, from a, a Patreon exclusive after hours stream that Brittany and I did last year. And I was going through one of What's Good's old hard drive folders, like trying to clear out some old files. And I saw this file and I was like, what was that? And I watched it and I was like, this is amazing. We clearly had done the happy hour stream right before because we were very tipsy (laughs) during that podcast (laughs) and I decided to try out a bunch of voice mods on this voice mod system that John installed on the computer and hilarity ensued so if you missed it check it out was that the (laughs) one where you had the big demon voice yes oh oh, that made me poo that was bad yes (laughs) maybe it'll make an appearance during the show sometime (laughs) 
Who could say? Mm-hmm. Thank you to HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. We'll tell you more about them in just a little bit. But for now, let's jump into the news because, boy, oh, boy, there was a couple big stories. I mean, last week, there was some <laughs> massive news happening coming out of TGS. But this week's news is not as positive, but probably arguably bigger. Uh-huh. So I'm sure y'all saw that GTA 6, Grand Theft Auto 6, the upcoming game that Rockstar Games has acknowledged is in development, had over 90 video clips leaked online via a hacker. And it was probably the biggest breach of video game clips that I've ever seen. And hearing that it was GTA 6 when this news first broke, I was shocked because we just talked about how Take-Two has infamously strict codes around security and even when we get to pre-release code which is very rare by the way rockstar (laughs) just does not do previews that's just not what they do they're like our games are good you're gonna buy them we don't need to show it to press ahead of time (laughs) but when they do it it's a really small group of press and i know alana pierce had mentioned the links she had to go to when she was previewing red redemption 2 and we went through something very similar where the legal agreement they send you that you have to agree to in order to get code ahead of launches is wild. So to hear this happen was like, kind of like, okay, this is crazy. So the story, this write-up comes from Polygon. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but essentially they confirmed that they suffered a network intrusion over the weekend and more than 90 clips of the in-development game were published on a Grand Theft Auto forum and is considered one of the largest leaks in video game history. So they posted a response on Twitter. The response says, we recently suffered a network network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. At this time, we do not anticipate any disruption to our live game services, nor any long-term effects on the development of our ongoing projects. We are extremely disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) I love the use of that phrase. Extremely disappointed. Sorry, Dad. (laughs) Right, exactly. To have any details of our next game shared with you in this way. Our work on the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned and remain. we remain as committed as ever to delivering an experience to you, our players, that truly exceeds your expectations. We will update everyone again soon and of course we'll properly introduce you to this next game when it is oh. ready. We want to thank everyone for their ongoing support through this situation. Yeah, oh. damn. Damn, well, you know. It's a bummer. I, it's a bummer for a multitude of reasons but I think the most fascinating there's a lot of things that are fascinating about this but what I was really surprised by was just the reaction to this particularly from fans of Rockstar Games. It blows my mind how many folks just aren't aware of the game development process and when we say that it's a miracle that games get made in the first place, you know we're not being cheeky and silly. It's a very very complicated process. There's so many moving parts, so many intricate details that you don't think of and I only saw a few photos from this leak. I didn't know there were 90 videos until I read this article that's just mind blowing. But from what I did see, obviously, you know, you're seeing a game in a very early development process and you're probably there's no context to any of this so you don't really even know what you're looking at and just to see the way some people reacted to this they're like oh it looks so bad it looks so unfinished look at the way that person's walking except it didn't look bad it looked really freaking good well, if you know considering where they're at in development and that's like it. that's it it looked amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. no i mean and that's the thing is that's what people don't 
understand, right? They see this and they think this is what the game's going to look like when it comes out like in years. I don't know. It just goes to show we have a really long way to go. And this is probably a conversation for a different time, but it makes me wonder, how do you remedy this? in a sense of do you how do you open up the doors and show folks like, hey, this is how games are made. This is why it's a really convoluted, intricate process that you just have to understand. It all works out in the end. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Let's be real. Yeah, so I don't know. It was just really interesting and it really opened my eyes. And man, there's just so many people out there who just don't have an idea of all the work that goes into a game, especially on the scale of Grand Theft Auto 6. I think one thing that would help, Britt, and and you ask a really important question, like, how do we fix this, right? How does the audience become more familiar with what games look like as they're in development? And it's hard, right? Because on one hand, you don't want to show a game before it's ready. You don't want to show it and give a bad impression, which is why this is such a monumental league for, for Rockstar. But at the same time, it's really important for people who are enthusiasts, right? Like the diehards, the people who are searching for all of these 90 clips online to understand what they're actually actually seeing right like as you all know like as as everybody in this call knows games and development are rarely done visually and they are rarely fun when you play them honestly like it's still mm-hmm. testing out mechanics like things aren't final everything's broken like you, it's it's not a playable game yet because it's not done right so it's like asking somebody like hey how does my cake taste and it's just flour and eggs it's not great, you know what I, I mean? Like it's just analogy. the pieces that go into it. Yeah, so like maybe there's a there's a moment once a game is released to like see the concept art which is always beautiful, but then also some of the prototypes which are broken and janky. And maybe there's a story to be told there. I know Reb Valentine tweeted also I think earlier today, "Hey devs, my my DMs are open. Like tell me what games look like 2 years before they're ready. Like show me pictures if you can." And um Ariel Knight who made Arrow Knights Never Yield replied and the two years before and when it was at release looked very, very different. And of course, people who have seen game dev in progress know this, but it's hard for the public to really understand what a product looks like before it's even close to being shipped. Steve, you see games in progress all the time. Uh, You know, the problem that I think we're going to continue to face is that the developers don't want to show things early because if they do, they get harassment and death threats Mm -hmm. because it's not exactly what the public wanted. But then we get the finished product and people are upset because it took forever to get there. So the gamer audience has really put developers into a corner where it's really hard to win the scenario here. So you see a game early and there's so many NDAs of games I've seen and, and y'all have seen games early too. So yeah, it's, it's it's just gray building blocks. There's no color. There's no video game there. It's literally you walk through. They've got placeholders there where it says funny comment here or voice line there. And you have to just imagine what it's going to look like. And the GTA 6 leak was so far ahead of that. That you know that means that if that's their early build and what they're actually going to come out with is going to be great. But you still have people on the internet who are like, I could do this better because me and my auto mechanic job, I know what developers really need to do. And it's like, you know, you don't. And so in my section of the world where I fight for the accessibility more than just the development, it's I run into the same thing constantly where people just know that they know better than the people who do it for years. And I don't know how you fight that kind of attitude. I think you kind of have to just ignore it, knowing that you're doing innovative work and that your previous game sold over 100 million copies, I think over 130 million copies. So 
They're fine. I think, you know, devs are always going to take it personally, just like we as creators also take it personally when people attack us, even if we know that we do good work. It still hurts when people attack you, right? And all I hope is that the team at Rockstar can bounce back from this and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to dust it off. Going to just keep going, knowing that our game is going to be amazing. And all you have to do is look at previous work from the studio to know that GTA 6 is going to probably be everything and more once they finally do intend to show it. So just another quick blurb about this surprising no one. The FBI is looking into this hack because the hacker, who I'm not going to name because they can go fuck themselves, also uh, hacked some other big people in the industry, not in the video games industry, I should say, in the just general corporate world dealings. So if you want to learn more about what's happening with the hacker, you can go look it up on your own, but I would encourage you not to because why? Don't give them any more clicks. Speaking of hackers, uh, that's not why Diablo 4 was leaked on the internet. Instead, it was one of their own employees getting completely like thrown under the bus by a friend. So let me tell you guys about the Diablo 4 leak. So this actually isn't the first leak. Diablo 4 has had a couple other problems happen earlier on in the summer, but they had some footage which appears to have originated from the ongoing friends and family beta version of the game labeled a private test build leaked on Reddit with 43 minutes of gameplay footage that was uploaded. So it looks like somebody recorded their friend playing as they were streaming to a private chat in Discord. Which to me sounds like, hey, bro, we were supposed to be just playing Diablo together and instead you recorded it and then had the gumption to post it online when the build clearly has watermarks all over it. And the GTA build had a bunch of, you know, identifiers as well. But this one very clearly had watermarks stamped all over the footage. And it's like, (sighs) how dumb are you to think that no one's going to find you? That's literally the reason why it's watermarked. So... (laughs) That also happens. So I feel bad for the team of Blizzard who's like, listen, we're trying to do some testing so that when the game launches, it's not super broken. Oh, man. <gasps> uh, people just keep screwing it up. But the good news is that a closed beta is coming soon and public tests are coming in early 2023. That's the actual news from this week. Yay! Yay. So Blizzard Entertainment announced that they're going to be hosting the beta for the role-playing game. The confidential closed beta test is going to be playable in 2022 on PS4, PS5, PC, Xbox One, and Series X. And then the public testing phase, open to all, they said, is slated for early 2023. As we know, the game is going to be coming out in late 2023. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'm excited for Diablo because when we got that last oh. big drop of information, what was that Summer Game Fest? It looked so good. Oh, it looked so good. I, I'm really looking forward to that one. That one. Oh, next year. Oh, it's going to be so good. Next year gaming. I might even play this one and I'm not a Diablo girl, so I'm excited. Okay. Are you a Diablo girly, Steve? I am such a Diablo girly. <laughs> one of my favorites. I uh, I love Diablo 2. Diablo 3 took a strange turn, but I still played the crap out of it. And I'd definitely say it's probably the, the number one game other than Starfield that I'm looking forward to right now. It's yeah. just getting back into the Diablo-verse. Too many RPGs next year. <laughs> Someone, oh, so many. Who's got time? We just talked about it. We don't have time in the day, but we're going to definitely play Diablo and maybe we sure. can all play together. That could be uh, fun. It's, it's weird. There's a, 
So I love positivity. My, my favorite thing is a friend of mine named Casey tweeted out just saying, basically, I wish game developers would just stop publishing games for like six months so I couldn't catch up. And it was so <laughs> refreshing, when, you know, especially when you're someone like me who has so many streamer friends. It's like everyone's like, there's such a drought. There's nothing to play. I'm like, bro, dude, there's like nine games out a week. What are you talking about? It's <laughs> a drought. Yeah, okay. The drought. Now, yeah. is that because they only want to play certain games? No, I'm very out of touch with streamer culture. I'll admit that. I'm a crusty old woman who likes to be alone. Um, is it mostly because <laughs> folks just want to play the most popular thing, right? So to them, it's a drought? Or is it like, why would you consider? I, I can't imagine drought and video game industry yeah. going hand in hand. You know, I've, I've never figured out that kind of either. It, it seems to be it's it's... It's weird Q3 is where all the developers are holding for Q4 Christmas releases. And so all the ones that have been super hyped up and the audiences are like, when are you going to play this game? Those are still two months out. And so mm. the ones that their audiences are demanding, those are not ready to play yet. But then there's all these other games and they're like, eh. I'm going to go back and play this other game called Skyrim for the 95th time. <laughs> because why not? Yep. Play it on your Alexa, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I'm with you, Steve. I think it's refreshing when people acknowledge that there's good games coming out all the time because it's true. And my backlog also could use a break. If we just didn't publish video games for a full year, I still would never be able to catch up, honestly. I went back and played the one that Andrea and I premiered over at Gamescom where it was the little city sim where you play on the back of a dragon dinosaur that's a living mountain. And it's so much fun. It's really good. And it's, yeah, I don't ever play those. Like, we'll we'll do a game and then I completely forget it exists because you're showing it off in the early build and then when the time comes out, you forget about it. And I was like, this one's actually really great. And, like, I was super happy we got to see it early because it was really good. I remember hearing about that one. That sounded totally like my jam. I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. A Wandering Village. Ah! Okay. Nice. There you go. <laughs> he had it ready. And that brain, that big brain of yours, sir. <laughs> no, it's more like my email was open. But yeah, uh, I, I, <laughs> you know, you, you could have just taken the compliment. Right, big brain. Um, that's it. Wink. <laughs> Cut that editor. Thank you. <laughs> so the next story I wanted to include, even though fans of our show know we don't typically cover a lot of hardware news because we're just not big gearheads over here. But it's kind of a big deal that NVIDIA has announced the RTX 4090 and the 4080 graphics cards plus DLSS 3. So there's a lot of words in this article (laughs) that... <laughs> Our words. A lot of words. That's so uh, many words. So don't English. sound like oh, words. So many English. Oh. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I pulled it up uh, from Eurogamer. There's several sites on the internet that do really great hardware deep dives, but I just pulled this up for some of the basics. So the 4090 24 gigabyte version will be available on October 12th, so happening very soon, and is going to cost $1,600, so $1,599, while the RTX 4080 16 gigabyte arrives in November and is going to cost $1,200. So I love that NVIDIA is like, you know what? Chip shortage, whip shortage. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to keep putting things out. And I am glad that, you know, there isn't the crazy aftermarket markup that was happening at the beginning of the pandemic where getting graphics cards and all other kinds of computer parts seem to be just wildly overpriced but that 3080 rush was wild (laughs) yes well if people would just stop mining for crypto (laughs) we would probably not have this problem anymore just one of many reasons so steve you are a big pc gamer obviously i would love to hear from you what you think about 
when you hear news like this, does it blow your skirt up? Or are you like, man, I don't really care about the latest and greatest. If my machine works, it works. Like, I don't know. What kind of a PC gamer are you? I mean, it's it's one of those things where you got to check your own privilege. I'm often, you know, like my current rig is sponsored by Origin. So they just throw PCs at me. So I get to just be like, yay, new stuff. As far as just upgrading it to me, it feels like... The era of when you had to upgrade to the newest card in order to play the newest game is kind of over. Now it feels like you really got a good three to four years before you're like, oh, can't handle this anymore. And honestly, even at that, usually it's I can't run this game and stream at the same time. That's when I know my card is getting older. So, mm. you know, for people who aren't trying to stream while they're playing, I feel like, you know, nowadays NVIDIA is never going to sponsor me. You can pretty much just buy a card and then just wait five years before you buy another one. But Or just run two PCs. Then do that too, unless they sponsor what's good game. In that case, buy it every year, everybody. Every single year. <laughs> buy a new one. Well, we've worked with both the wonderful folks at NVIDIA and at AMD. In fact, each of our production PCs, one has NVIDIA and one has an AMD card in it. Um, so we're, you know, equal opportunity lovers of graphics <laughs> hardware here. <laughs> but I think it's a really valid thing that you said, though, this idea that this race to always get the fastest, most powerful piece of gear is just not as necessary because of the different ways that you can optimize your systems, the ways that you can customize it, but also how I think the launchers are becoming way more friendly towards different types of hardware sets, which I think is the most important thing for gamers. And as you mentioned, accessibility for people of all different budgets, right? Like not everybody gets to have, you know, Big Daddy Origin throwing them PC parts all the time. That's right. <laughs> Screw those guys. <laughs> but I think it's a really interesting to watch. And I always have this section of people that I follow on Twitter who always get whipped up into a frenzy whenever mm-hmm. the new stuff is announced. And I think it's really impressive what high-end computers can do but there's just too many drivers. I can't install all these things. <laughs> I'm guessing y'all covered when um, GeForce Now came out. That was such a game changer, the fact that you can log into GeForce's cloud-based service. And there's so many streamer friends I've got that are just streaming from their laptops now on these high-end games because they're just in the cloud. They don't need the hardware to work on their end. It's up in the cloud now and you can stream while you're doing it. And it's, you know, it's really amazing technology we live in now. It's interesting that you bring that up because I think people sometimes forget that GeForce Now was really the first to the cloud gaming scene, while Xbox, you know, Project X Cloud maybe made the splashiest entrance because Xbox, you know, was trying to tie it into everything that they're doing marketing-wise with Game Pass and PC Game Pass. But, I mean, NVIDIA was really doing it successfully first. And then, of course, you know, Stadia and Luna are there being like, we're here too, guys. (laughs) 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 Um, Which, you know, they are. They're there. They're they're English words. (laughs) Everyone's trying. But I'm looking forward to seeing how the cloud gaming scene con- continues to evolve because, you know, is it going to make these graphics cards irrelevant? I hope so, man. I wish I, you know, I've been trying to follow this PC shenaniganry for years. My aunt, huge PC gamer, huge into IT, like top of the food chain in IT in her department. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I was just playing Scorn the other day and I had 18 different things I had to adjust and like sometimes it runs well, sometimes it didn't. And I... <sighs> You know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to click with me ever. And I've accepted that. So let me click a button and let something else somewhere in the cloud do all the work for me and just let me live my best life. That's all I want. 
Yeah, I mean, because even this one sentence from this story, the new streaming multiprocessor uses a new technique, shader execution reordering, or SIR, which NVIDIA claims provides a two to three times speed up for ray tracing and a 25% improvement for rasterizing. What the heck? Those are words, words. right? Definitely. No, what they actually Mm -hmm. do is they grab a soup can and they open up like the little word spaghetti and then they just lift it out. (laughs) And whatever words come out, (laughs) that is what the press release says. This one's even better. There are similar advancements in the dedicated ray tracing silicone with a doubling of ray triangle intersection throughput, a new opacity micromap engine that doubles the speed of ray tracing of alpha test geometry, and a micromesh engine that increases geometric richness without the BVH build and storage costs. There's also a more powerful tensor core for AI I feel tests. like you just read some smut. Like I heard mesh in there right? and I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm getting turned on, but I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> It felt a little yeah, naughty, right? yeah, I will it say. Yeah, you saw Ree's hand go up to her neck like, hey, all right, girl, go ahead. Keep talking. Oh, yeah. That's hey. <laughs> Don't say triangles. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out, though, to the ray tracing trailer released for the yeah. Portal RTX version that's coming. The this I can Same. get behind. Let me see if I can um, pull this up for I can understand for y'all to take a look like at that because it's pictures, not words. Right. <laughs> I too You're like, like this picture is, books. This yes. is what the ray tracing. This is what the ray yeah. tracing is going to look like. It's like it's remember that that old video with the shoes. Like these shoes suck. These shoes these rule. Shoes That's like yes. my reaction to these previews. Yeah, Thank you for bringing. <laughs> but I mean, this You're looks welcome. good. Oh yeah, this looks real good. Oh yeah, that one sucks, and that next one rules. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the little neon light, the way it reflects off of that must be all that <clears throat> ray tracing shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I gosh. SER technology. Like right there is a triangle. Yeah. We're so good. Yeah, we're doing so great. Watching I mean, if it this makes you portal better at footage portal. just makes me once again want Portal 3. Come on, Valve. You you got it in you. The guy who wrote the original even said that he wanted to do it, that it's your fault, Gabe. So. Valve, give us more games, please. Yes, please. Please. We're asking nicely. All right. Please. Okay, let's continue on with the news. Just a couple more things here. Motive has announced a single-player Iron Man game is in the works as part of a new... EA and Marvel collaboration. Now, you may be thinking, Andrea, where's the disclaimer? Uh-huh. And I would say, ha Marvel games are not something that my Disney-based husband uh, works on. We Believe can't it take or not, a drink? No, the Marvel team has their own studio. <laughs> John does not work on Marvel games. <laughs> but you can still take a shot if you want to. Okay. This is water. So I'm all gone. I mean, it's it's very naughty juice, and I'm a real cool adult. Yeah, adult juice. I think that this sounds interesting. My relationship with Iron Man as a character is like he's cool. I like the sound his his blasters make. The like that sound is cool. Yes. Like that's fun. How do you feel about Iron Man as a character? I mean. The fact that you can see Iron Man's head in the figurine I have just off camera probably should give you some idea. I absolutely love the character. It's my favorite. It's even in my Twitter bio. Um, the thing of it is, for me, is I love RDJ's performance as Iron Man, but at the end of the day, the character is a disabled person who has a terminal illness that is going to die. His tech is slowing it down, and just the same as my medicine is slowing down my death, but it will happen, just as his will. And at the end of the day, I feel like 
that character is very identifiable to me because it's a character that is trying to do good in the world but continually Fs up. And I feel like that's just, you know, <laughs> if you're a good person, that's generally the kind of what happens is you're like, I'm going to save everybody. Oh, shit, I just got people killed. Well, you know. <laughs> Wait, who have you killed? I'm like, are you confessing something on the show today, Steve? Listen, uh, whatever Brit and I do oh in our off hours is Hey, now you promised right. you weren't going to call me out. What is this, sir? It's dragging me down. You're going with me. Uh, so, okay, what is your ideal, though, if you think of Iron Man single-player game? What do you yeah. want to see from that? Not Anthem would be great. Just as long as it's not Anthem. <gasps> How dare you? Yep. That was yep. the closest we ever got to Iron Man flying that we've had so far. I know. They can do better. They Hater. can do so much better. Mm, no, fine. I, I We're just going to let that one go. Yep. Okay, so not Anthem. Not Anthem. Um, do you have anything positive to contribute to this conversation? That was positive. Thank you very much. I'm trying to tell them where <laughs> not to go. I think it will be fleshed out. I mean, it's, it's by the makers of Dead Space. You know, that was it's it's a cult classic. Everybody who loves horror loves that that. Build. I think they're going to go down the same kind of single-player story path. They've already said it's not going to be multiplayer. I think, you know, if they do it right, it'll be on par with Spider-Man, where it has a, an open world that is controlled. You can't go literally everywhere, but you'll have things to do, and you can get in with the character and, and in with the lore of the world, and hopefully it'll bring in... You know, people who aren't necessarily Iron Man super fans like I am to, to understand the story, and you know, maybe I'll have less people being like, "Why do you like that guy the most?" So, who's saying that? Who doesn't get that Iron Man's cool? Uh, you do not remember the whole Iron Man versus Cap thing that Marvel did, and it divided the internet. Oh. And like, yeah, man. I guess I don't know. I always recognize that both of them are cool, <laughs> but Team Iron Man for sure. Yep. Well, yeah, sure, yeah, agreed. Yep. Thank you. Read your checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we'll hopefully get more news about that at a future date because it was really more of just like a hey, we're making this thing, and 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 that's that. In case you missed it, Brittany, I hear that there's a Resident Evil showcase happening next mm-hmm. month. Did you there, have to take a drink before that? I had, no. I had to hydrate <laughs> up. I'm getting ready to use my vocal cards. Uh-huh. Yeah, there is. And this is exciting because I know nothing about it. So I get to go into it and like be surprised with everyone. So, yeah. So TGS Resident Evil had a little bit of a presence there. We got to read some impressions from folks who played Resident Evil Village on PSVR 2. Apparently, Lady Dimitris looked fantastic. I've read some mixed reviews on how the game actually played on PSVR 2. Worth remembering, this game was not built for VR, so of course it's not going to be like a perfect experience, but that's still some ways away, so I don't have to worry about that. We also heard a little bit about Shadows of Rose, the DLC that is coming out October 28th. This follows Rose Winters, Ethan's daughter. We're going to get about four hours of content from that, so that should be exciting. Also, Capcom confirmed that this is going to wrap up the Winters involvement, you know, like immediate involvement into the series, which I think is a pretty interesting choice. One, I am very behind. I think they serve their purpose. Now they can go live their best lives as weird bio mutant human things whatever they are cool let's bring in some of the og characters we don't need to create any more characters capcom you have enough to work with where's my jill valentine where's my claire redfield please bring them back thank you very much and then yeah so we have this resident evil showcase and capcom said and i quote we can expect news and updates on resident evil village gold edition resident evil 4 and more so the gold edition is village with three pieces of dlc you have your third person mode you have your shadows of rose and then you have your mercy scenarios some new characters like lady d will be in there i am expecting that we're going to see 
more gameplay from Resident Evil 4 Remake. I think we're going to get some pre-order bonuses, and I think we're going to get a demo. As someone who knows a little bit about how these showcases are run, I think that's kind of, you know, the shtick. Show us the gameplay, show us the pre-order bonuses, show us the statue we're going to get, and then give us a playable demo. I imagine it will be on PlayStation, because that's just the way they roll. And uh, probably we'll see something on Resident Evil RE-verse, which is their multiplayer game where you get to play as stars of Resident Evil and some of the most well-known enemies, and you get to battle it out, and it was supposed to come out a while ago, but it was delayed. Yeah, so anywho, that's fun and exciting, coming sometime in October, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think it's just mostly going to focus on Resident Evil 4 and like those things I mentioned. And I'm going to hopefully be able to stream it and react with everybody. But we're going to yeah. be a lot in October. So who could say if I'll, if I'll be around? It's true. I love it's true. Rip goes full Resident Evil nerd. It's 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 the, the passion that pours out of her about horror games. Ah, uh, yeah, you were talking about Dead Space earlier, and I was over here clenching my butt a bit because I'm replaying the first one right now, and I'm like, oh, it's so good. Love that game. <laughs> yeah, it's been a hot minute since since I've gone back, but you know, I have no doubt that you will keep us. Abreast of everything happening with Resident oh, Evil, yeah, Whitney. yeah. There's you know, I, I know I'm not usually super consistent on that, so I'll do my best this time around. Mm. Yeah, if you ever considered like being a horror professional, like you know, specializing in those kind of games or anything, I thought about it, but I didn't want to okay. pursue it because you wouldn't partner uh, up with me. No, I am a big oh. scared baby. No, I will not. Between you and Ree, I just can't find anyone. You know. What am I like? Chunk change over here? You're easy. <laughs> See, you're, you're, I know you're down to ride, so it's not fun to give you shit. I gotta give shit to the people who aren't down to ride. That's how this works. You know what I mean? Every six That's months, fair. like freaking clockwork, Brit will, will send me a message on Twitter and be like, "We haven't hung out in forever. Let's play horror games." And I'm like, "Haha, no." <laughs> Let's play some phasmophobia. What could go wrong? <laughs> Yeah, but aren't you better at phasmophobia than both of us? Uh, I wouldn't say the word's better. I would say that I've been desensitized through enough trauma uh, <laughs> that I can now play it. So you're braver. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Again, the word braver. Uh, I don't know about that. No, I like I my my, my community made me play phasma for an entire week as a sub goal, and then the following two wow. weeks afterwards, I slept with a light on because I was like, "This is in my brain now." So, so you won't get mad at me if I leave you in the house like Andrea does. Uh, we did try to kill Andrea that way last time, if I remember right. So, mm-hmm. so you yeah. did attempt murder. Uh, Got it. I Got was it. out first. Britt closed the door behind us. That that's not my fault. I'm used to being left behind by Brittany. She always leaves me to die a ghostly, gro- gruesome death. It's just, I, just, I tend to I hang out think. by the door, so I have an easy escape route, and you're a balls deep <laughs> in the upstairs, like, in the farthest We bedroom. have objectives to accomplish. <laughs> I'm trying to earn more than just $5 a trip. Girl, was extra okay. $10 going to be worth it if you get a cold reading? <laughs> Dang. I mean, maybe. Depends on how many cameras I need to buy for the next <laughs> ghost hunt. I miss Fair. playing that game with you. Uh, oh, we should play it. They put out a big oh, update. Oh, and it's getting close uh, to October. Um, yeah, once it in is. October, well, there's a big customization update where you're going to be able to make the game be whatever level you want it to be. Oh. Well, well, well. I guess we'll just have to set a date then. <laughs> There was one last story, just a quick in case you missed it, though we could probably talk about this yeah. for a while. We're not gonna, but I just want to mention that there was a story that came out because Brittany mentioned VR. PlayStation has been talking about VR. Some news broke during Tokyo Game Show where PlayStation confirmed, so Sony Interactive Entertainment confirmed that the PlayStation VR 
2 headset that is slated to be released in 2023 is not going to play original PSVR games. It will only play games from PSVR 2. And when I first saw this headline, I was like, that seems like a really bad decision to make. And I understand from a technology standpoint, their reasoning is about the way that games have to be designed for the new hardware. Well, I think we're just so used to platforms being cross-platform for these last few generations that this idea that PSVR 2 isn't going to be able to play the old PSVR games is kind of a head-scratcher, especially since the library isn't that big and the adopters for VR is still relatively small compared to the general gaming audience. I was just kind of like, why'd you make this choice? Money. <laughs> no, but like that's the thing is they're leaving money potentially on the table. I imagine it by not being able to sell old games to people who buy the new. No, I don't, I'm not a maker of hardware, but I imagine to make games compatible, to make the PSVR two headset compatible with the first PSVR, that they probably would have to spend more money per unit in order to make that a thing. And they're like, why would we do that? Mm-hmm. Where we can just sell a whole new headset and all new software to people, suckers. I don't know. I'm just I'm just shady, shaded right now with Sony. I think some of the things that their spokespeople are coming out and saying it's really stupid and this is another stupid thing that they said love your games oh how do you really feel though is my question (laughs) (laughs) i think i missed no i totally sorry no i just completely missed everything you said steve you were just thinking about you were thinking about how much you hate sony and you just couldn't Oh, I, I hate them yeah. so yeah. much. I, you know, okay, I did, gotcha. I did that yeah. keynote with Microsoft, so now I'm just fully committed to Microsoft, and I'll never oh, ever Xbox Brit. That's X- what they call her. In the oh, yeah. do you have some some issues that you would like to discuss here on the show, Brittany? Oh boy, this is turning into something I didn't anticipate. Oh, let's go. <laughs> so, in case it wasn't clear. Brittany is being facetious. (laughs) She's joking, sarcastic for everybody listening, being like, what's happening? If you're listening to the podcast and you can't see Brittany's (laughs) facial expressions, uh, I think what Brittany's getting at is that she had to deal with some feisty internet commenters who have clearly mislabeled her as an Xbox fangirl, which she is, of course. Hmm. Ooh, was that something that somebody threw at you? I feel like I should should embody that person. That's cute. Oh, I like I'm it. thinking like an like X-Men it. suit, and you got like the little X-Men patch on your shoulder. I like it. Yes. I also like yes. Nintendo. Oh, I like that. See, that and route. Sony and Brick just don't go well together. You know, it's just That's true. also yeah. Think what Brony? It's right there. It's right oh. there. Brony. Even though I know yeah. that Brony is the name for a subculture of My Little Pony fans oh, on YouTube, I didn't know that. but. Oh, yeah, yeah they're whole, very serious. Yeah, but yeah, like, thing. thank you, Andrew, yeah. for the disclaimer, because I know there are some people out there <laughs> who are going to probably listen to this and be like, oh, my God, let's get games. It's so biased. Go away. We I mean, we could definitely <laughs> make a clip completely out we of could, context. and it would be great. Think of the um, clicks we would get. I will just gently remind all of our viewers and listeners that Britt's deep-seated love of JRPGs <laughs> means that she has a long, long history loving Sony. As yeah, a look behind me. So. Most of the games featured are Sony. 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 It's fine. Yeah. So I think I just wanted to bring this up as a story because I think it's important. And talking about technology and hardware, it's just it's different. Most of the technology that we're seeing 
is intentionally cross-platform and they are intentionally not cross-platform. And from an R&D perspective and a technology perspective, I understand it, but I still think it's very not a consumer-friendly choice to make it so that the new hardware is so advanced that all of the work that was done on the platform before it, which was all very innovative stuff, is not going to be able to be played. It's just going to essentially be relics locked to that mm -hmm. system. Like it's like 2001 yeah, or something. Choice. I don't know. Yeah. Bad choice. Passing yeah. along the cost to the consumer seems to be a pattern. I mean, obviously, I'm not a developer. I don't know what goes into developing, but I do kind of feel like, didn't we already kind of learn all these lessons when we had to retrofit all games to work on the 360, and we went through that whole thing where you had to be able to play backwards compatible games? Because the industry basically, well, the gamers rose up and said, you know, hey, that's not cool to spend $100 on a game and then I can't play it anymore. Like, we've been here before. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We well, have. only like three <laughs> people play VR. So. Damn. <laughs> hey. Wow. Well, they did sell millions of units. I think my point, though, was... I get that VR games are unique and that they require very different types of technology and the way that you build a VR game is different. I get that. I just, I was hoping for, for a different outcome, but it is what it is. I, at least yeah. they're being clear about it right now before the unit has launched. Because if this is a story that debuted right around the launch right. of PSVR 2, I think it would be mm -hmm. a much different conversation we're having. So, And that audience is also used to paying a premium for their experiences. So it, I can see it going over a little bit more smoothly because, as you mentioned, Andrea, the messaging is clear and it's upfront. So that is helpful. Indeed. Well, that is going to do it for our news for this week. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been playing, including some previews from one Brittany Brombacher. Stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back. of What's Good Games is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Now, do you have a packed schedule this fall? Maybe you do. Maybe you got lots of video games or you got play dates with the dogs or maybe you have kids like I do and you just got a lot of stuff going on. Making meals can really interfere with you getting out there and enjoying your life. But HelloFresh has got you covered with a weekly selection of over 30 recipes and over 70 convenience items all delivered to your door. You can enjoy the freshest fall flavors, unlike forest flora flavors. I know what you're thinking, everybody. And every HelloFresh recipe includes ripe, just-picked produce that travels from the farm to your door in less than a week. Now, HelloFresh isn't just for dinners, even though clearly that's what we love them for. You can also shop HelloFresh Market for a quick break breakfast, wholesome snacks, and even desserts. You're going to find everything that you need to satisfy your cravings without stepping foot in a grocery store or a mini mart. And I've talked before about how this time of year, they've got those pumpkin spice cinnamon rolls. Ugh. 
delicious. You can even customize your meals with Hello Custom by swapping proteins and sides or upgrading to different proteins or even adding protein to a vegetable meal. It's never been easier to eat your way. I love HelloFresh. We've obviously been talking about them on the show for literally years now. And just this week, we got a crispy prosciutto and penne recipe with a pasta cream sauce. And oh, it was delicious. And I'm already thinking about crispy prosciutto again, which is just bacon, everybody. It's just bacon. Anyway, if you are hungry like I am, go to HelloFresh.com slash What's Good 65 and use code What's Good 65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash What's Good 65 to try America's number one meal kit for yourself to get 65% off plus free shipping. And don't forget when you use our code and our URL, they know that What's Good Game sent you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. It is the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast, where we talk about what we've been playing and any preview events that we've been to. And Brittany, it looks like you got to play quite a few things that you teased on the episode last week, and now you have all of the information. And I saw a tweet about squelching. Lots of squelching. Yeah, cool. I've done. It felt good. This was my first. I mean, unless you want to count packs, my first preview event since 2020. So Square Enix, yeah, wow. I got to go play some of their stuff. Notably, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion, Star Ocean, The Divine Force was there, and a whole bunch of other titles. But definitely want to talk about Crisis Core. And then I also got to play the game that Re is the most excited about, her potential game of the year 2022 <laughs> Scorn. Oh, you know it. Scorn. She's very <laughs> excited about it. She's excited for all of the squelching. And now, Rhi, I understand mm, that you've done mm-hmm. some research into what squelching is. I have, because I, <laughs> I took a very academic approach to this word in particular, because we were referencing the word squelch in other contexts, right? Not in gory, bloody, horrifying nightmares. And it didn't feel like it fit. So here's the actual definition of squelch. This is from Oxford Languages. <laughs> So in a verb tense, it is the third person present squelches, past tense squelched, and it means to make a soft sucking sound such as that made by walking heavily through mud. Mm. And it could also be used informally as forcefully silence or suppress someone. Now, the noun format of squelch, plural noun squelches, it's a soft sucking sound made through applying pleasure through liquid or mud or flesh. And in electronics, a circuit that suppresses the output of a receiver 
if the signal strength falls below a certain level. Hmm. And its origin is from early 17th century, originally denoting a heavy crushing fall onto something soft. (laughs) This is an educational podcast, you guys. Sit blink if you need. Just like you said the soft sucking sound multiple times. This is the definition from Oxford languages. This is serious academic information, okay? We have to take this seriously. I don't know what you're expecting, Steve, when you join our show this week, but you're welcome. I'm fine with everything. Everything's absolutely fine. Thank you for asking. Yeah. I first became acquainted with the word squelching through the captions in yes. The Witcher on Netflix. Because turns out there's squelching in literally every episode of The Witcher on Netflix. The Witcher <laughs> loves a good squelch. There's a lot of squelching in that storyline. It might be the only one. Very squelch heavy. the white text in there that said help. But I was ignoring Oh no, it's now, it's now, it's now red, red text. <laughs> He's just joking, everyone. He's fine. He doesn't need help. No one needs to come to his rescue. Oh. Wow. Oh my gosh. Uh, now it's blinking. Um, well, okay. The reason why... Oh, Brie, by the thank way, you, thank Brie, you very yes. much for that academic yeah, lesson awesome. on the words. Squelching. It's good to learn together. Oh. The real reason we brought it up, though, is because Brittany p- watched some footage. Oh, I Did played. you play? Oh, oh okay. I, I... Well, let's take a look at some of the B-roll I have for Scorn. Okay, so Scorn, yeah, this is uh, that fleshy-looking game that's been teased since, like, what, 2014. So this game, I think, is a timed exclusive for Xbox Series X and S, and it's coming to PC, not coming to last generation, developed by Ebb Software. So I'm just going to read the Steam description because I feel like it does it more justice than I ever could. It's an atmospheric first-person horror of adventure game set in a nightmarish universe of odd forms and somber tapestry. It is designed around the idea of being thrown into the world, isolated and lost inside this dreamlike world. You will explore different interconnected regions in a non-linear fashion. Each location contains its own theme, story, puzzles, and characters that are integral to creating a cohesive world. Cool. All of that sounds great. And then you actually look at the setting of this game, which is inspired by H.R. Geiger, and I'm going to try my best to pronounce this properly, Zijisław Bekszynski. Sorry, it's, it's a very complicated game, mm. but I did my very best name, but I did my best. So if you're wondering, what, is, what does that mean? So Geiger's most distinctive stylistic innovation, he did the Xenomorph and Alien. So he designed that. So pleasant and he he <laughs> <laughs> that, yes that's the super word, cute that's the word i would use <laughs> steve just steve fully leaving and just putting oh, up the steve, word you come help back, baby it's just gonna get so much more squelterific oh well you don't want to keep watching this beautiful oh, gameplay from great. this yeah so oh, guy here he was all about the representation of human bodies and machines and cold interconnected relationships biomechanical and i had to look all this up because i was like who the hell are these people? Very famous people. And then you have the Polish painter Bekszynski, who created disturbing images showing a glooming, surrealistic environment with detailed scenes of death, decay, landscapes filled with skeletons, deformed figures, and deserts. So, cool. Now I've really painted a picture here. So you wake up in scorn as, like, this fleshless human in this weird-ass setting full of pulsing flesh and other effed-up stuff. And you just kind of wake up and the game's like, okay, go. 
and you know nothing about where you are, there's no UI, you have a pause screen, and you just essentially have to wander around and figure out what the heck is going on. Ew, oh, yeah. ew, yeah. ew. This is just... It's so gross. If you're watching with us at youtube.com slash what's good games, this is a new gameplay trailer. And I'm just like, everything is essentially made of, it feels like organic material, like flesh and muscle. Uh, Things are pulsating a lot. And uh, yeah, you know, it was really interesting because I just started up the game and again, had no clue where I was supposed to go, what I was supposed to be doing, what the point of anything was. And you just have to start running around and, finding buttons and pushing buttons. The first thing I found of note were cart tracks that I could manipulate. And I'm like, okay, well, this is probably going to come into be some semblance of importance at some point in my life. But like right now it's not, I'm just going to keep wandering through this pulsification, squelterific atmosphere. And so, and then I found a switch and then I, okay. So then I ran and then I went up this huge lift and then I found all of these pods that were lined up against the wall, which looked like probably hundreds of yards away from me. And then I found a button to my left and I pushed it and I saw that it operated a crane. And then I found another button to my right and I pushed that and I found that I could actually manipulate the pods in the order in which they're in. And only two of them had a faint glowing light coming out of it. So I said, okay, well, I probably have to manipulate these and move these in such a way that the crane will grab it and then squeeze whatever's inside and probably a piece to this puzzle that I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, sure, it was some human in there. A human thing, a humanoid thing. I don't know what it was. It was in this trailer that we're watching. Disturbing as all hell. And that's essentially what I was doing as I was just playing the game, looking everywhere, trying to figure out what it is I'm supposed to be doing. And from that standpoint, I really thought it was interesting because it reminds me of an escape room, almost a very fleshy escape room, if you will, where it's just like, okay, (laughs) go on, like figure this out. And as you're playing, you're kind of trying to piece together what what is going on in this area? What is like, I don't even know what that is. That's disturbing looking. What is the point of all of this? Why was this created? Obviously, this game is not going to be for everyone. I think the premise of it is very fascinating in the sense that, again, like you don't know, you got to figure out what you're doing. And I think that would be more attractive to more people if it didn't look the way it did. But again, this is the developer's vision of it because it did remind me almost of being, again, an escape room and almost like a very fleshy Zelda dungeon because that's what I love about that is you just get thrown in and it's like, okay, figure out what you got to do. Is this game gross? Now, this is, again, a lot of squelching. So there is blood and there is gore but it's mostly I found it to be more unsettling because it's not like you're walking around and things are just squirting blood at you all the time and you know there is some disgusting stuff lots of like weird organic pulsating fleshy muscly looking shit so I mean if you don't like that obviously you're gonna want to stay far far away you know like the hand switches or the buttons I was talking about earlier they're not just like little red buttons that you push oh no they're like holes for each one of your fingers that you have to stick each finger in and each one <laughs> squelches as you do it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh every time oh, I cut sh- back to Steve's camera it's just oh a new hilarity God. that's happening <laughs> yeah no I mean the way you're describing this sounds utterly uncomfortable and discomforting and yes. I I'm concerned that people are seeking out these experiences. You know? Yeah. Steve is really is really Steve helping is really to brighten helping the right mood. I will say I did and I don't know if it was because I'm not used to playing a game like on my monitor because I had to play it on Steam. 
I did definitely start feeling a little nauseous. And for me, that's yeah. a lot because, I mean, you know what kind of games I love playing. It doesn't really phase me, but something about this definitely kind of got under my skin. And then it went away within like 20 minutes. And then I was back to pulling levers made out of muscle tissue. It was great. Yeah. And then towards the end of the demo, I got this gun thing. It, I think this might be it that we're watching on YouTube. It reminds me of one of those boxing toys that maybe you had as a kid where you pull the trigger and like a boxing glove like protrudes out and then you pull it back in, lock it into place, you push it and it protrudes out again. And I just use that to uh, knock some um, some bitches around. <laughs> and nothing like major. I did get a health bar at some point. But yeah, hmm. yeah, it's a very interesting game. <laughs> Never, ever have played anything like it. Definitely, it's not afraid to go places. I'm, I'm sure you've, you've come to learn. So... It sounds to me, based off your description, that it feels, the way the action unfolds feels sort of similar to what Elden Ring did, where you're just kind of dropped in the world and you're not really given any guidance and you don't really know where to go, what to do, you just got to explore and figure it out on your own. Would that's, you say that yeah, that's similar? Yeah, definitely, but it's not this huge world, right? It's just you have this main chamber. In my demo, anyway, I had this main chamber and then some branching rooms and then some switches that did certain things. So you kind of just have to go around and press and touch everything and then just see what happens and then kind of put together your own story. So I think, again, the premise of it I love obviously just where a lot of people are going to be turned off is just the presentation it's utterly fascinating and it's one of those games that makes you stop and think like who thought of this and it while very disturbing I do think it's fascinating that the human mind <laughs> for some people is capable of coming up with stuff stuff like this stuff that is just so repulsive it's just like wow like you thought of that I never in a million years would have thought of that and if you like that kind of mind fuck like maybe this is also that sort of game for you but Anyway, yeah, that's scorn. <laughs> that's scorn, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs. Uh, cool. Definitely not a re game. Definitely not an Andrea game. Absolutely a Steve game, but you know, that's for him. <laughs> I really want to be able to play this. I guess this is the yeah. best way to say it because I love the mystery. Yeah. I love, you know, getting dropped in and trying to solve puzzles and figure out what's going on. Games like Escape Academy are like right up my alley. But like straight up, even just one of the things you passed by in that B-roll that we were playing, if you're not watching on youtube.com slash what's good games, it was literally like like an open flesh wound that just like flopped out at you. And that literally made my stomach move. Like I don't enjoy that uh -huh. at all. So I'm wondering if is there's even a world where I could like play or even watch someone play this I, I don't yeah. know I wish I could I do it sounds fun it sounds you know, interesting I'm gonna be really but. curious to see how I do with this game long term I'm curious enough about what this game is even like what's happening in it that I want to go back and play but after about an hour 15 of playing it I was like okay I'm ready to step away from now and like play something a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, it's just one of those things so we'll see but scorn yeah coming out this October, ladies and gentlemen. Less than a month away now, wow. but a game that's a little bit further away that I think you're probably a little bit more excited about. The game that I don't know where it fits into all of the Final Fantasy VII games that are apparently yeah. coming out. There's like five oh, of them. It's a good time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, so Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. The very first sentence of my notes is all of the daddies because there are a mm. lot of daddies <laughs> in this game and they're all very attractive. Okay, so this, I played this demo four times. Bless 
all of the hearts of the Square Enix oh, staff because wow. my flight took off way later than I thought, and so I had a lot of time to kill. So I played this demo two times on PS5, one time on Switch, and another time on PS5, but in Japanese. So I'm very familiar with it. So this originally released in 2007 on the PSP, and then in June, oh my god, look how glorious this is. In June, during the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII, we got the announcement that we're getting the remaster, very important to note that remaster of Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. So for those of you like Andrea, are like, what the hell is this game? So this game focuses on Zach Fair, who plays a very, very important role in Cloud's life, and from the looks of it, into a large role in the Final Fantasy VII remake, because we see him making an appearance in the latest trailer, which is pretty mind-blowing. But that's a whole rabbit hole that I don't need to go down and go into all the narrative just isn't worth it at this point. But there will be a spoiler cast, mark my words. So what is in this remaster? You have HD graphics, new 3D models, a newly arranged soundtrack. The story is pretty much the same, but because this is part of Remake and this is the prequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake, you gotta expect that we're gonna get some certain scenes that are gonna play out quite differently from the original in 2007. Of course, I asked the fine folks, I was like, yo, uh, but can you tell me about the, the story of this game? And I got a generic BS PR response, which is expected, <laughs> but, I, but I had to ask. So, and you're also going to get a lot of the voice actors are returning for this because a lot of the characters from the remake are in this game, including Cloud, Sephiroth, Aerith, Zack, of course. And it comes out in December. So, for those of you at, who want to know, my demo started off at Fort Tamblin and Wu Tai, and it ended right around the time I met up with Sephiroth. And again, not going to talk too much about the story because everything I saw is pretty much beat for beat as it was in the PSP version. Again, I do anticipate that will change, but I don't have any information on that now. They weren't gonna, they weren't gonna tell me anything. So the thing that I think is really important to talk about is I want to set proper expectations for this game. I think when it was first announced, a lot of folks were thinking, ah, oh, remake, remake. Definitely this is a remaster. It is not gonna have the same visual fidelity as the Final Fantasy VII remake because it's just not. It's not really rebuilt from the ground up. Although you are getting the new 3D models, you do have the new lighting, and I think it looks really good. It's not, you're not gonna get all the, the polish of the remake. The animations, I think, you can't really tell in this footage, but when you're watching cutscenes, a lot of the animations, facial animations, the movements just look really stiff and pretty outdated. An example is like when a character's turning, their whole body just moves instead of, you know, like the step and pivot. That's a lot more natural. There does mocap does not exist, right? That's kind of what I'm getting at here. And then here we're looking at combat, and this is obviously something that a lot of people care about. You know, you attack with square, dodge with X, guard with R1, you have a target lock, the camera follows you. So it definitely is a lot more smoother than the original PSP game. On the bottom right, you have your materia and your items you can access. The one thing that I think a lot of folks are going to be scratching their head about that aren't familiar with the original one is the digital mind wave that's in the top left corner of the combat. So you can think of this like a slot machine that's constantly running. And as you land certain combinations, you're going to get certain buffs. Maybe you'll get a limit break, which will give you a, an attack that you can use at your leisure. If you hit 777, you'll level up. Maybe you'll hit a combo so you don't have to, so material doesn't cost MP or certain attacks won't cost AP. 
So that's going to be like kind of the funky fun thing. It's just like a perma slot machine with your favorite characters running in the top left. But it's a part of combat and it's like whatever. It's it's cute. I guess the other thing I want to chat about, because again, not going into the story here, is the voice acting of this game. So obviously like... I never want to come across as rude or insensitive when it comes to someone working on their craft. Like, that's never my intention. But because this game is fully voice acted now, there are a lot of lines that I feel like just come across, they feel a little forced, especially in English. If you go back and watch the PSP version, I think the lines that were voice acted were done really well. I thought, I just rewatched a, a replay or a let's play maybe like a few weeks back just to kind of freshen up on it. And I still thought it sounded really good and Zach sounded perfect. But in this remaster, I thought it just seemed a little, a little almost like cheesy isn't, I don't know if cheesy is the word, but Zach is such an enthusiastic in the beginning, almost, I almost want to say naive character. And just some of the lines like, I get to meet a hero. Just, it just didn't sound like supernatural. So then I did do a demo in Japanese and like, of course, the enthusiasm that comes, you know, with Japanese voice acting, it, it just seemed so much better so you're just saying that the, the dub isn't quite what you had I mean, hoped it would yeah. be and it's hard because i only got to see a snippet and compared to the psp version like i thought the psp version was way better but again not everything was voice acted in psp so that might be why there's kind of like a hyper focus yeah. on that so just again setting expectations that yeah that's all i want to say but the tldr is i'm excited this game exists i'm happy we're getting it as a little bridge between this and rebirth i'm really excited for people to get to meet zach fair because again very very important character and andrew you in particular like i hope you play this game i think it'll provide a lot of interesting context yeah, so I think it would be helpful for me and maybe other people out there who, like me, never played the original games and only have recently gotten into it because of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. So narratively, mm-hmm. where does this game line up with the second game, which is now called Rebirth? It's not oh, episode okay. two, which is okay, what we thought it was going to be, right? So <laughs> Crisis Core Reunion takes place right before Final Fantasy VII Remake, the first one. Okay, so everything that happens in Crisis Core is like a prequel to the events of Final yes. Fantasy VII Remake. Okay, that's good to know, because I did not know that yeah. at all. <laughs> I mean, it's hard, right? Yeah, maybe they need to do a better job at that, because Zack plays such a small role in Final Fantasy VII Remake, and if you don't even know who the black-haired guy is at the end, you're like, cool, what's the importance of this? And we've talked about this, right? Of a lot of the most important, hard-hitting moments are lost on you if you're not a fan, if you didn't know what you were looking for if you'd never played before so even though he's such an important character his appearance is very brief so yeah yeah so you is it gonna be integral that you play this game like i don't know because i don't know where square's taking remake and rebirth or what role zach's gonna play but it sounds like right now like yeah i would highly recommend you give it a shot and see if you can get into it and if you can wonderful sure Listen, I will give it a shot because I was very surprised that Final Fantasy VII Remake became my game of the year, the year that it came out. And I don't think any of us saw that coming. And I am interested to see more about, you know, kind of more about the narrative and what's leading up to it. And if the combat is even sort of like Remake, I could be convinced to try it. But it feels like it's more turn-based or is it more action-focused? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, ha- okay. you know, you run around, you push square to attack, X to dodge, and then on the bottom right, you have your materia, which are your spells, and you have your items. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're good. Yeah. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. I'm in. Woo! 
I'm in. Let's go, yeah, Crisis Daddy Core. Zach, let's go. And yeah, if you're into those characters like Aerith and Zach and Sephiroth and like all that, like you're gonna want to play it. You know what I mean? Mm. Just, you know, yeah. Yeah. All the daddies. Yeah. All, all the daddies. daddies. Well, Steve, do you uh, have some? contributing information about the daddies that you would like to share? Uh, you know, I am an equal opportunity daddy lover. Uh, I think that all the daddies deserve to be loved. And, uh, you know, as an equal opportunity daddy person, I feel like it's our duty to make sure that they are all loved equally. Back to you, Andrea. <laughs> what a professional. Nailed it. So diplomatic. Uh, is there yeah. anything else from the event, Brittany, that you uh, want to uh, go over? Yeah, you know, I'll save it for next week, though, because there's a lot to talk about. And yeah, I'm just, I just, oh. yeah, it's next okay. week. Okay. Let's do it next week. So we'll, we'll put a pin in the rest of the uh, Square Enix preview event that Brittany went to. Again, if you want to check out some of uh, the footage that we showed. Squelchy. Oh, 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 sorry. I want to uh, say one more thing. Um, real quick. The game ran amazing on the Switch. Of course, there were some like graphic, okay. you know, like it looks a little grainier. I'm sure there's a more technical term for that. But I mean, I never had any frame hiccups. It never appeared to slow down. And I wasn't even playing on an OLED version. It was the OG Switch. So if you're thinking about playing on the mm. Switch, I can't recommend against it because it looked it looked really good. Yeah. So and it ran wonderful. Viva the Switch. Good job. The little machine that could. <laughs> Excellent. Well, just quickly, I want to talk about this game that I played on stream with Steve the other night because I had never heard of it. And Steve texted me and was like, hey, we're getting together for my birthday. We're playing this game called Tabletop Simulator. And I was like, okay, so is this a tabletop game? What, what is this game? And he was like, don't worry about it. Just install it and play. And I was like, all right, you're the birthday boy. Let's play. So let me see if I can pull up Steve's stream from the other night so you guys can see what this game is. But Steve, how would you describe what Tabletop Simulator uh, is? It's literally just a simulator that allows you to play just about any tabletop game that you can possibly imagine. Dungeons and Dragons or, you know, Fall of Winter or checkers or chess like anything in between it's pretty much a great way particularly during the pandemic that we found ways of staying connected by playing board games together when you couldn't get together virtually it's also a great way to include someone like myself who's disabled and can't actually physically move pieces in a video game setting like on the piece and so one of my favorite ways of staying connected with friends by just enjoying a good game of board games I love the idea of this. And now that we've played it, I'm like, okay, I'm down to do more. So the game that we played was called Muffin Ooh. Time. No, no, no. And here's... Oh, Muffin Time! <laughs> it's Muffin Time! Okay, so we'll explain that in a second. So this is... I'm um, showing some B-roll of Steve's stream twitch.tv slash Steve in spawn. So that's I N Steve in spawn. We'll put his link in the show notes. If you guys want, please go to his channel, drop him a follow. He streams all the time. He invited me to play with some of his other friends. And so this is kind of what the game looks like. We're sitting around this virtual card table and we're playing essentially like a card game where everybody is dealt a certain amount of cards, three cards, I think it was to start with. And the goal of the game is to get exactly 10 cards in your hand, at which point you shout, it's muffin oh time. <laughs> and then there you have to get the play has to go around the circle one more time. And then if you still have 10 cards in your hand, you win the game. There was some debate 
about exactly what the win conditions were, just like everything in this game was debated. So these cards on the table are three different colors. They are blue, green, or red. And the blue cards are action cards, the green cards are counter cards, and the red cards are trap cards. And they all do all kinds of different things. You can see one of the cards that Steve is holding here is called the pointless card, and it literally has a pointless button on it. And on it, it says this card does nothing. So when you play it, literally nothing happens. Like Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of good points. Like there's trap cards you can put down, but yeah. you put them down upside down so you can't read them. And it can be something like you can put this card anywhere on the table or anybody playing it. And if they touch it, then they have to pick up 10 cards or something like that. Like it's 100% messes with you. But the, the wording is intentionally vague so that you have to sort of argue and debate over what the card really just said. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. It's so I want to I want to know, though, how many times did you get to yell at Smuffin Time, Steven? I don't think I did the entire night. Andrea got Aww. Andrea got to yell at several times. I made her do take twos a couple times because I was like, no, Power Ranger style. Try again. So. <laughs> I accidentally yelled, it's muffin time the first time because I thought it was 10 so or more cards in your hand. Yeah, that is so I, I embarrassing mean, when you muffin time and it's for, not muffin time. It was embarrassing for me on his live stream uh, having to be like, oops, my bad. It's not actually... It's not actually muffin time, everybody. Uh, JK, JK. Muffin's but not done. It's a really fun game because there's a lot of opportunity for, you know, joking around with your friends and laughing. And obviously, as Steven mentioned, the debating over, like, what does this mm-hmm. card actually mean? And some of the cards are really chaotic. So you can really turn the tide of play or really just upend play. Like, I had a card... It was like a call me crazy and, it, and the directions on the card were everybody returns all of your cards to the deck and you shuffle and start the game over. Oh, <laughs> that's great. So basically like it stops all play and the entire game just starts oh, over. I love that. And it's like, do I want to play this or do I not? And before I joined the game, you guys had been playing for what, two and yeah, a half hours, yeah. three hours? I ended almost? up playing for five hours. Oh, Andrea ended up having... <sighs> two or three drinks and uh, it was it was good oh my gosh so there was a moment where i just broke <laughs> i was drinking the cookie oh, dough yes. whiskey Drinking Ooh, the cookie dough whiskey. That is so good. I can see how you would have had a lot. And I had like three fingers of it in a glass and I was nursing it slash drinking it probably too fast. And I was a little tipsy and I don't remember what it was that set me off. It was probably something really mundane, but I just got into a laughing fit where I just started crying. I was laughing so hard. And I was just like, I was like, thank God my camera's not on. And Bruce, Bruce Green, who was playing with us at the time, was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm like laughing, crying. So it probably sounds like I could be crying, but I was just, I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. I don't even remember what it was. That was oh, so funny. Man. I don't think any of us do. We, we were all laughing about it because it, it was so, it was like, oh, she finally got a chance to let her hair down. Good for her. Uh, it was yes. definitely one of those yes, nights like was... you have the baby has, is with the center and you can just be goofy it was fun it, it was it was good content creator friendly it wasn't you know it was just not typical streamer content where you're just interacting with chad and being nuts it was literally just like five to eight of us just being goofballs mm. and literally screwing each other yeah. over with no purpose other than just to keep the game going and nobody ended up winning after five hours so you know well really <laughs> 
Yeah. Wow. Wow. Several times people drew the it's my birthday card, but I don't think, Steve, you never actually no, had nobody, that card. Nobody actually gave it to me so that I could win. So I was like, damn. Oh, I thought Rue no, gave he, it to he you once. It. Did he, he not? He played it instead of giving it to me. And it was, and wow. that's when we had to get lawyer hats out because it oh. says it's your birthday when you play it. So that it's, like it was good game. content. Though. It definitely is a fun game if you just want to have some fun. There's a physical version of it as well. If you're looking for, you have three or four friends, you want to be goofy for a while and not actually win a game, then that's I highly recommend it. Have lots of situations where that would apply. <laughs> it's muffin time! <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed on the left, and then you get on to that, that gameplay that you were showing, that oh, there's here, all go those back. tools there. Is that yeah. is that for you, Steve, or what is that part of the game, or what is it's, it? It's it's for it's for anybody playing the game. So you have tools where you can grab cards, you can throw them around, you can flick them across the room, oh, you fun. can make little tokens, yeah. pieces, draw on the table, and people draw dicks, and it's great. Oh, great! Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I feel like there there may be a stream coming in our future. So you with can this get game. angry and just throw all your cards on the table. There actually is a button at the top there. If you saw it, that says flip the table. It literally flips the entire table. Oh, I see that. Oh, amazing. Yep. <laughs> yep. How fun. Yeah, I, I, that feels a little too much chaos, but you mean, I guess you could the flip the whole table. Flip it, but... And then there's a, on a rewind button, so you can just like bring it all back. Oh, okay. See? There we go. I'm into it. Control um, But we had, a, we had a great time, and it, and it was really fun. And you were also playing Fall Guys, of which there was an announcement that I told my husband that we would talk about because they made an announcement. Let me look Get up the details. Your, yep. Get your shots. Get your shots ready, <laughs> yeah, that's everybody. Because of what's good games is John Drake. Disney would fail without the What's Good Games podcast. Every week he whispers to Andrew, he's like, if you don't talk about our new announcement, I'm going to divorce you and Disney's going to fail. And so poor baby girl over there, she's stuck. She's beholden to this agreement mm -hmm. that she's just kind of found herself forced into. And I really feel bad for you, Andrea. Well, don't feel too bad for me because, you know, somebody has to pay the mortgage <laughs> on this house and it's not me. <laughs> Take a shot, everybody. We're talking about xenomorphs. Yes, aliens are underneath my husband's <laughs> Disney purview, which is a weird thing to say out loud. The team over at Mediatonic and Fall Guys announced that xenomorphs are in the season pass yeah. for Fall Guys, which is so weird. Like, why <laughs> would you want your Fall Guy as a Xenomorph? Steve, do you have any favorite costumes uh, when you play the Fall Guys? The season pass is all about sci-fi this this. So it's like the Xenomorph, and you got uh, Spock, and you have the cat. So they have like a cat suit where you're an astronaut with uh, the little ears as if it's a cat helmet. But mm -hmm. do you all remember the movie The Abyss from like the 90s, something like that? Nice. There was this like pink goo that they were learning to breathe through if you filled your helmet with it. So that's exactly what the suit is. It's got the pink goo. So you can't actually see mm. what the little fall guys look like. That's like the lores that we don't know what they look like underneath their little bean suits. Ah. So you, you can't see it through the helmet. So it's pretty cool. Um, I'm a, I run Cat Gang over in my stream where I just yell out Cat Gang and people yell back with their suits on. It's pretty fun. But Fall Guys is just such chaoticness. I'm, I'm on the opposite end of the stream with Britt. I, I want less stress in my life. Britt wants more gore and weirdness. <laughs> I always want silly fun. Uh, so. <laughs> so I've been on such a big kick of Fall Guys and Fortnite and anything where if it's low stakes, you can just play the game and then if you lose, you lose. Who cares? That's fair. You know, that's a good way to live. You know, I, it would probably do me a lot of good for my mental health if I'd play more games like Fall Guys instead of Scorn and Resident Evil. But hey, 
<laughs> we have to get into some Fortnite then, you know, because Ree has been on a Fortnite kick. Yes, I have. I almost filled out my last season pass, and unfortunately, I forgot to go in and cash in the rest of my V Bucks to fill out the last page uh, before oh no. it flipped over. But I was all the way to the the second to last page of the bonus pages, so I was very pleased with myself with the progress. Be. Regardless, impressive, Thank impressive. You. But a game that you are spending it feels like more time with currently is one that came out just uh, about a month ago and had the internet whipped up into a frenzy and is sitting on my switch waiting for me to play Mm. cult of the lamb yeah so um i was out of town as i mentioned with my husband danny pena we were back in miami for his big book release for the start of hispanic heritage month with danny loves video games and that entailed lots of travel so i had plenty of hours on the plane and sitting in a room waiting for sound check and just sitting at someone's house waiting for them to cook (laughs) dinner and lots of time with my steam deck and i installed Cult of the Lamb and started playing once I, I took off. So as of right now, since I started this time last week, I have about 60 yes. hours in. <laughs> and I'm on day 80 wow. of nice. my cult. Nice. Right now I have 11 followers alive because one of the heretics in the dungeons actually just turned one against me. and I had a fight against them, Terrible. which sucked because it was one of my favorites. And altogether, I've had 18 followers over the course of my game. So it's great. And I will say what I really love about Cult of Lamb so far, it's like my favorite parts about Animal Crossing with my favorite parts about Hades put together in one game. Everybody who listens to What's Good Games knows how I feel about both of those properties. So it is highly addictive like if we were to have a category for most addictive game this would absolutely take Fortnite's crown because i i swear to you the loop is so so tight i could either spend a good 12 hours straight just hanging out with my cult or a good five hours straight just running dungeons or fishing or playing the little gambling game that's inside of cult of the lamb like it is just so easy to be like okay while my people are sleeping i'm gonna do a little farming and then get the poop from the outhouse and then put it over here and then run over here and fish a little bit and then when we get, get back the upstairs from the outhouse get the poop from the outhouse and, and then when i call my it's a cult leader yeah exactly and i call my cult it's cult of dance but i call it going upstairs i don't know why but when i go back upstairs to hang out with my people then i'll just do a quick little fishing ritual and go fishing again and once that's expired then i'll do a little fasting ritual so nobody poops while i'm gone and then i'll do a bunch of dungeon runs like it is so easy to get caught in these loops and my goodness what a satisfying game i absolutely adore it it is top of my list for game of the year. You know what? Me too. I haven't talked about it on what's good, but I'm probably like 30 hours into Cult of the Lamb. I haven't picked it up in a while, but something I also loved about it, Rian, you touched on this, is that whatever you're in the mood for, you can do. If you want to decorate your cult and put down a whole bunch of new pathways or decorations or torches or whatever, you can do that. And then when you get bored of that and you want to do some dungeon runs, you can do that too. You can just take your time with it. And I love games that let you do that because you never feel rushed. You never feel like you have to do a certain thing. You can just make it whatever you want to make it. And there's lots of choices. Like you can run your cult like in a very dirty and nasty way where everyone just kind of like hates you. Or you can be <laughs> a, kind of a nice cult leader, which is the route that I took. But I could definitely see myself going back and just being a complete a-hole. You know what I mean? Are you being nice, Rhea, or are you just like telling everyone go kick rocks? I'm being fairly nice. I do slightly regret that I did not take the doctrine that allowed me to murder. Yeah. Um, because sometimes people are annoying and I'd rather just kill them than trying to Oh, and it's hard because then you have to wait till they get old. 
older and then you can do a sacrifice because everyone's like, oh, cool, death is yeah. cool. You know, there's lots of different interesting ways you can play. And yeah, the loop is great. This is really funny. Andrea, I think you'll like it. I think you'll have a good time with it. I definitely think you'll like it, Andrea. And there's way more oh, decoration so in this game than the B-roll yeah. gives credit for, as Brittany yeah. mentioned. Yeah, I just, I'm like, okay, I clearly need to start Disney Dreamlight Valley, but I also need to start this. Let's take a shot, everybody. And I'm like, okay, I have to do both. I must play both of these games. How do I get a time turner so that I can go back in time and make time in the day to play both of these things? Because I don't know how well, I'm going to do it. I'm not sure if we're on a, on, on a time crunch here. So if I am, just feel free to answer really, really quickly. But I was curious, you ladies being the forefront of gaming podcastery, do you have opinions on the, the loop cycle that we're kind of seeing now where... Stardew Valley was very, here's start A, here's the end point B. If you want to keep going, you start a whole new day. But we're seeing things like Dream Valley and Cult of the Lamb where there really isn't a logical place to pause. It's kind of like you could go forever if you want. And it seems like mm-hmm. games are moving that way to where there is no logical stop. It's just stop when you want to. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So I've played those sorts of games my whole life, starting with Harvest Spoon on Super Nintendo. And what tends to ha- the, sins, the life, the sins, life sins, yeah. Sins, and what right? tends just to happen to me is there's an organic point when I just start to peter out. And I can usually tell when I'm about five to ten hours out of that hitting that wall. And it's usually when I feel like I've mastered the game, where I've got an efficient economy running, there's really not much more to do. Everyone in town loves me. I can bang anyone I want. You know, like so that's kind of my organic I love that though because again like you can just stop whenever you want and you can just pick it up whenever you want and it's no rush so I personally love that but I know for some people that's a really like it's a pain point because they don't have that definitive stop and so you don't know like when have I played enough and that's why I stopped playing Cult of the Lamb is everyone loved me everything was upgraded I still have one more I think they're dungeons or I don't know exactly what they're called yeah. to do but I just really don't have any interest in finishing it it because I feel like I've mastered the sim part of it. That's interesting with the amount of hours you've played that you think that you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I've played enough. Because clearly for me in Animal Crossing New Horizons, that number was like 800 hours. <laughs> and that's when I was like, okay, I think I've played this game enough. But it's like, it's such a different yeah. vibe because it's, you know, there isn't a lot of things to chase in these life sims. I think the idea is you get to make the game what you want. And even when you would go talk, you know, to Tom Nook, because he was the one who would give you things, you would be like, what am I supposed to do now, Tom? And he'd be like, just go live your life and enjoy being on the island. And it's like, what's my purpose? (laughs) I think it's interesting that we're seeing more life sims. We talked about how there was such a surge in life sim announcements during the last Nintendo Direct and it's I posed the question on Twitter is it because Animal Crossing New Horizons sold this crazy amount you know over 35 million copies or is it because there's just always been this many life sims and I just am now starting to see them and care about them more and a lot of people in my timeline said yeah, column absolutely. A and column B that mm-hmm. there's definitely more life sims mm-hmm. than there ever has been 
part of it is because Animal Crossing did so well that people are like, obviously, we missed the market for license and Nintendo has it cornered. Let's, you know, get a piece of it. Yeah. I mean, I would guess that as many games as we've seen recently have been pitched forever, but they've gotten greenlit because of Animal Crossing. And, you know, there's a lot more faith in that format. But to help answer your question, I think for me, I really love games that let me choose, as Brittany alluded to, what part of the game is the game for me, right? Like for me, it's like hanging out with my people upstairs. Like I just love my little cult. I love adding people to it. When people start getting weird and like, I want to eat poop. I'm like, you got to go. Like, no, dude. (laughs) You know, like, I I just love managing my little group of people. And I'll do my dungeons to get stuff, like to get different materials in order to upgrade my surroundings or in order to cook a new type of meal or in order to build a new type of building. That's the only reason I'm interested in running dungeons. I actually am not interested in endgame and the actual story of Cult of the Lamb. Now, I'm not saying it's not wonderful because it is actually really great. The character are super super interesting the NPCs you met meet are really really quirky and have lots of fun dialogue like there is that game for the person who's looking for that there too but for me I just want to hang out with my little weirdos and that that's just what I find exciting about the game so I can see similar to Brittany me tapping out before I probably finish it or you know unlock all of the dungeons or get to the end game and beat all the heretics simply because like what I'm getting out of it is enough for me you know I don't need to get to end game in order to have enjoyed my time with it. And it is still at the top of, like I said, the top of my list for game of the year. But I think it's just really great that as gamers, we have so many games that give us so many choices. And even within one title, there's so many ways to play a lot of these life sims as well. And I wrote in the show notes, I just love my little cult. <laughs> you want to eat poop? <laughs> gonna put it, I'm going to put it here. on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. you no, but poop? No, eat, no poop eaters. Huh. Poop eaters are not welcome in the cult. Let it be known <laughs> to everybody. Well, this has been really fun talking about some games that are coming out, some games that have been out. And Steve, I want to say thank you for joining us today. I would love to hear more about what you're playing on your Twitch channel and where people can come hang out with you and play video games. Yeah, I mean, I do so much in the community games area. We do our Fall Guys community nights and our Marvels on stream. And, you know, I have I actually have Andrea to thank, believe it or not, for where I turned in my Twitch career because we, we were talking one night about Variety Streamer and how it didn't really fit me. And Andrea was like, you're more of like a personality streamer. And that really stuck with me. And since then, that's what I've been kind of calling myself because i don't really play games to be good i'm not really playing on only fans i'm just oh, hanging man. out you know being a guy Dang. The only fans. Sorry, <laughs> but Brian. apparently you can that's can. that's the new yeah, hotness i'll be your now. first um, subscriber let's go three thousand dollars a night um, <laughs> <laughs> and just kidding <laughs> i'll take three thousand a night anyway so <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm always on Twitch just trying to have fun with people. And so if you want to come by and, and hang out, you know, twitch.tv slash Steven Spawn spelled the streamer way. Pretty much over there, we're always just being goofball. So I love people to come by and hang out. You know, one of my favorite things to do is hang out with friends. Even though Andrea yells at me that we don't have to always stream everything. I think it's it's always good to play with your community yes. as well. So that's where you can find me more often than not. It's usually on Twitter as well. So I had messaged Steve after we had this really fun night and just reminded 
reminded him, you know, like, it was so fun to play. We don't get to play enough together. We don't always have to play on, on stream so we can be a little bit more off the cuff. But I think also it's about it's about balance. And right now I want to get back to streaming more while I'm actively talking. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, you could stream a little bit less and take more time for yourself because you're clearly working really hard. And I don't want to see you burn out, you know, circling back to that burnout conversation we had at the very top of the episode of, you know, we all as people in the spotlight, even if you're not a content creator, this pressure to be on social media or to be posting online and to be taking pictures and photos and be out in the world doing stuff, I think has been really tough for a lot of us in the aftermath of being so isolated for so many years during the pandemic. And getting back to it is a little bit rougher, I think, than maybe we were ready for. I think at first I was like, all right, I'm all cooped up. Let's go. Let's go. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, the pressure (laughs) to like, you know, go out and socialize (laughs) is really way more tough than I thought it was was going to be it's hard sometimes to find that balance well thank you again for letting me plug my stuff and spawn together if anybody out there is a content creator or just wants to donate to the cause spawn together.com is my passion project to help people with disabilities but andrea usually reminds me i don't have to be working all the time so i'm just here hanging out playing games but to circle back and push back to all of you listening to what's good games when Britt read out that review please keep in mind those reviews really do help as all the ladies here i'm sure could tell you they do the same you get every once in a while a message that says hey i really love your stuff i'm sure you hear this all the time so you're probably sick of it but i love when you did this and every single time i go no i don't hear that all the time actually quite the opposite Uh, most of our dms are full of feet pics and hate so anytime you want to leave a review somewhere it helps more than you might realize so if you feel something good about something you love i highly encourage you Put it into the universe. Talk about what you love. You don't have to only talk about what you don't like. Oh, yes. We're all saying snaps, preach, amen, 100%. I had just mentioned that, talking about what all the people that got laid off in the awful news that we got last week for the multiple gaming media websites that, you know, suffered layoffs, this like idea that, you know, making stuff, whether you're making content or video games or specialty video game controllers or software, whatever it is, it's hard to do. And it's usually pretty thankless. And so if you like somebody that does something that you consume, no matter what it is, tell them you like it, tell them you appreciate that they put time into it. And you'd be surprised by how much it's going to mean to them and how much it's going to make their day and like steve said it does not happen as often as you think it does (laughs) but we are happy to always support you friend and even if that means forcing you to play phasmophobia with us yeah yes that sounds like an amazing idea i definitely want to play more games (laughs) um... your comedic timing is too good it's it's unfair have you been getting lessons Uh, from your pal ryan uh, yeah he just Hmm. comes to my house every weekend tutors me i think that's what you mean when someone feeds you bread i don't know anyway uh it's it's really it's really just a skill gonna hone it you know all right well uh i'll uh, i'll take my polisher out and get to honing everybody if you want to check out all the sites that steve mentioned we've got the links in the show notes for you please do go check out spawn together go to steve's channel hit follow your tweets are, are wonderful if you want to follow him on twitter we have that down there as well and we hopefully uh will be setting up a stream for some time <laughs> in the not too distant future it's muffin time oh <laughs> 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 Muffin time, muffin time. I want to eat poop. (laughs) 
Well, now that the conversation has devolved into this, we're gonna go. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next Bye. week. Bye. Bye.